you know what, Jen? I don't think I've ever looked better in my life. I think I'm I'm at the peak of my physical prowess. I think you are. At the moment. And yeah. I would love to share that with people. I'd love people to be able to see me in the flesh. Just it's to... selfish to keep this. <laughs> it is. This amount of radiance needs to be shared. So I thought what I would do is invite people along to see me in real life. To be in the same room at the Museum of Comedy. At the Museum of Comedy, because comedy is what I do <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> and you belong in a museum. No, oh, no. No, no, no. It was How rude. My self-esteem had climbed and now it's back down on the floor. But no, I um, love the Museum of Comedy and I'm going to go there and I'm going to take my raw magnetism with me uh, on Wednesday the 24th of April. Can I come too? You can. Just try not to sort of detract from my glow, you know. Okay. Uh, we are going to have the magnificent Jenny Ryan, a magnificent guest, Ooh. TBA. Wednesday the 24th of April, put it in your diaries, bring your sunglasses because I am shining. Yeah, get your tickets now. The link is in our social media or from the music. Museum of Comedy website. Oh, please do come. Jen's all right as well. What's your name? Jenny Ryan. Correct. What's my name? Lucy Porter. Correct. What are we doing? We're making a podcast all about quizzing. Correct. What's it called? Fingers on buzzers. Correct. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Fingers on Buzzers. Welcome back, everybody. Oh, we've missed you so much. Oh, it's, it's been, what a week. What a week it's been and what delights we have to bring you. Well, do you know what? I do feel a bit emotional and we've got quite an emotional um, call from Paul Stagg. Oh. Who is looking for footage of his late father, on 15 to 1 and we're hoping that you guys are going to be able to help we'll give if you all anybody the can it's it's our listeners it's the fob gang yep uh, we're also going to be talking to someone you know rather well jen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. olivia van der Werf. ah yes who tell us a bit about olivia ah. olivia is uh she's got a very important job on the chase in mm-hmm. that she is our independent adjudicator she oversees everything that goes on and make sure it's all above board for everybody concerned and she is calm competent and amazing i've encountered her work and i've seen her talk down a fox yeah (laughs) Yeah. yes there we go yeah so i mean if you can if you can cope with basil brushing his pomp yes then uh, and indeed jay rayner in my case yes oh uh, my goodness yes of course we've got that incident she's taken on (laughs) she's taken on both the brush and the rayner and um we will also be discussing quizzing in the 60s i'm looking forward to this if you remember quizzing in the 60s you weren't there that's what they say but i'm gonna jog people's memories and we also of course have our listener quiz this week uh set by the brilliantly named beverly mountain no relation to Beverly Hills. Hey! <laughs> Big sister. <laughs> oh, very, very good. Oh, That's terrible. all coming up. I'm just going to recover from that. <laughs> so, Jen, we are going to continue talking about the history of quizzing. Mm-hmm. And we have moved on. Our decade this week is the 1960s. Psychedelic. Ooh, everyone was on drugs, doing quizzing on drugs. They weren't at all. The quiz- quizzing on drugs. No, don't, don't, don't do try it, kids. kids. Don't, don't do it's drugs. Not gonna, it's not going to help the quizzing. <laughs> no, very much not. Unless, you know, you want to start answering in colours. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody wants just abstract pictures on their pub no, quiz answer sheets. You know, interpretive but... dance. <laughs> well, as well I have as... tried. To, I've tried to answer a quiz question with interpretive dance. It didn't go well. Oh, do you know what? That I would love to go to a dance quiz. Right, we'll do that. We'll do that. We'll <laughs> Does anybody that know a specialist dance? Well, when quiz? we do our fingers on buzzers live events, yeah. we will have a specialist interpretive dance round. There Brilliant. we go. That's my promise to you. <laughs> The listener, we will do that and Jenny and I will lead the way. So as well as drugs and rock and roll and sex and all the other things that were invented in the 1960s, um, TV, particularly in Britain, was all about game shows. So quizzing, which had been incredibly popular in the 40s and 50s, started to take a little bit of a backseat to things like Take Your Pick, oh, The Golden Shot, yes, It's a Knockout, oh. right? Mr and Mrs... Amazing era for sort of crazy, funny games uh, and some brilliant hosts coming through like Bob Monkhouse and Des O'Connor. So it was a it was a great age for game shows. Mm-hmm. But of course, quizzing was still going on, and some of our very favourite quiz shows debuted in the 1960s. So I thought we'd just take a look at some of the the shows that premiered Memory in the 60s. So 1962. University Challenge made Yay. its first appearance, and everyone knows what huge fans we are. We are. Um, so, 1962, University Challenge. 1962, also, it was a bumper year for quizzing because Top of the Form. Top of the Form. Made its television appearance. It had been on the radio, but uh, that was when Top of the Form appeared on our television screens. And um, then a little bit later, Ask the Family. Yes. 1967 is when that started. And so these were all amazing series that ran for years and years. And I thought, well, we've talked about University Challenge. We've talked about Ask the Family. But we haven't really talked about Top of the Form. No. I thought it'd be quite interesting because... um, I think this era, in the 60s, you do kind of see a separation between the games of chance and... Uh, sort of physical skill Mm -hmm. so I think because as we discussed last week there'd been all these scandals in the 50s where people had been rigging quizzes and Mm -hmm. people had sort of lost a bit of faith in that so I think in America and over here people suddenly thought actually let's just see stuff where it's just random it's chance Mm. or it's something that isn't about it's something you can't be given the answers to yeah yeah um so those all became very popular and quizzing particularly in this country kind of became kind of more serious again mm. um so actually when you look at things like university challenge and ask the family and particularly top of the form it's quite extraordinary to me the level of it's sort of erudition Mm. in these programmes. So to me, it seems incredible that Top of the Form was on BBC One, okay, because it was such a a kind of a worthy programme. Mm. The uh, Top of the Form was, it started off on radio, it was on the light programme from May 1948. Uh, and it then was transferred to TV in 1962. So this is the the debut, the TV debut of Top of the Form. And so Top of the Form was for schools, schools and places of sort of secondary education. So I think Top of the Form illustrates the fact that in the 60s, you had your game shows, which were the light entertainment stuff. Mm. And then quiz shows were quite serious and they were definitely not dumbed down. The highbrow stuff. Really highbrow. Um, I was, I mean, for a start, they uh, they did one TV episode 
completely in Welsh. Right? Isn't that amazing? Excellent. On the 25th of March 1974, it was entirely conducted in the Welsh language. They also did a bilingual competition with Paris versus London in June 1974. This is all gearing up for going for gold, isn't it? Yes. Yes. That's very true. Mm. I didn't sort of think that this is... Forerunner. Just getting the... Well, there was also... um, The 1967 UK schools took on Australian schools in top of the form Transworld edition. (gasps) Transworld. Transworld, uh, which was then renamed Transworld Top Team, which then ran until 1973 with teams from Canada, the Netherlands, the US and Hong Kong. Um, But I'm going to share with you some of the questions from top of the form. Okay. (laughs) Because I think, you know, you think about University Challenge, you think about Ask the Family, and you think, oh, yeah, they were quite hardcore questions for young people. Mm. Okay? So I'm going to give you some of the questions, and I think you'll find that they're reasonably challenging in that it's not like a one-word answer. So really, these young students had to give quite lengthy answers, which when you're on TV, as we all know, it's quite nerve-wracking mm. just to get a single word out. Yeah. You watch these young people in the 60s and indeed in the 70s, because uh, Top of the Form ran through to 1975, um, and they're incredibly confident and incredibly knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. So for, this is a sample question, Jenny. So what was the Congress of Vienna of 1814 to 1815? Um, a peace conference? Yes, but... But you need to give the parties and it was going to end a particular... Conf- yeah, oh my God. Yeah, yeah you, you see, need to give exactly. more, more so detail it's a very, you give. Yeah. You sort of, if you'd said, you know, when was the Congress of Vienna, then you might guess, you enough, I think yeah. it's probably, you know, 18, yeah. it was post-Napoleonic Wars or whatever. But yeah, so it would be, uh, the Congress of Vienna was a meeting of ambassadors of European states, chaired by Austrian statesman Clemens von, Clemens von Metternich, held in Vienna from November 1814 to June 1815. Uh, it was, the objective of the Congress was to provide a long-term peace plan for Europe by settling critical issues arising from the French Revolutionary Wars and the Napoleonic Wars. Wow. I mean, you need all that to condense that into your answer, right? So that's the kind of thing. Here's another one. In meteorology, what is a cold front? Oh, you have to, like, explain. Oh, yeah. right. Explain what a cold front is, yeah. right? And that's just thrown at you. Um, you know... It, I mean, why is it that it should be the teachers that have to do this? Yes, I know. Because is, this isn't... Kids get, you know, yeah. They ask the question, and then the teacher's supposed to do the explanation. Yeah, but these kids but this is, had to come up. That's with a whole different skill set is to describe something. Yeah, and it's amazing. I mean, I recommend again, you know, as with all these quizzes, the brilliant thing is that there are episodes on YouTube that you can watch and listen to. Um, and there's, it's an extraordinary thing. Young people, incredibly confident, they do all speak in that slightly clipped way. And slightly high that ch- children use in. <laughs> it's like now that we're like, oh, yeah, I don't know really, but you know, I think our register has gone slightly lower and a little bit more bored. There's <laughs> all these students, even you know, wherever they're from, it's all very, they're very perky and alert and quite high. Uh, but maybe they were on the drugs in the sixties. <laughs> <they> <laughs> Bathtub speed, yes, was what was being given to the contestants on top of the form. That'd be a terrible scandal, wouldn't it? If oh. they, they found out they drugged all of the top of the form. <laughs> But what was quite interesting, though, was that because some of the questions 
They were incredible at doing these um, incredibly long answers, but then they struggled on some things. This is what gave me hope, was that there were some things that I think we'd be sort of better on now. So um, none of them got this question. What is a homonym? Oh. Go on, what would you say? Because you've got to remember, you've got to phrase it. So how yeah, do you phrase it? Yeah, a homonym is um, a shared name, right? No? Something no. that has a homon- homonym... Yeah, I'm trying quite, to remember the definition. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, quite complicated. S- two things have the same name, or is it when it's words that it's the sound the same, Homo- but which have different meanings? meanings yeah. Um, which, yeah, it, it, it sort of seems like a more concise thing, but I guess it is. I mean, it is yeah. just hard, isn't it? Um, what is dry ice? Good question. Solid carbon dioxide. There you go. Yeah. That's the answer they wanted. That was the answer yeah. they wanted. But it waffle for a bit. Uh, yeah, it was. Anyway, I found it a fascinating thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so to me, in our history of quiz, I'm going to define the 60s in Britain as the era where quizzing got serious. It's very cerebral, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So cerebral quizzing and fun game shows. So that's my overview. Yeah. Of the 60s in quizzing and I'm hoping in future decades the serious quizzing and the fun game show they collide they they breed they have babies without giving anything away we're going on to the 70s we're about to get into we're we're nearly at bullseye territory aren't we which is where worlds collide so so yes tune in for our next instalment of History of Quiz on the line with us now we have Paul Stagg now Paul has a very special request for our listeners don't you paul hello paul hi guys yes i do hopefully you'll be able to help me yes so tell us the nature of your your need so um it was interesting because the early episode of series one of the podcast uh lucy you were talking about how your dad always wanted to go into 15 to 1 indeed and obviously he didn't manage to yep um and then you did later on Mm -hmm. um but my dad was fortunate to go into 15 to 1 uh when i was much smaller than I am now, and um, <laughs> and uh, we always had it on VHS because this was back, you know, I think it was even late eighties, let alone early nineties. Mm-hmm. And uh, my dad unfortunately passed away about four years ago. I'm sorry. And, um, and we haven't got the tape. And it was only when you were talking about it that I thought, well, I must be able to find this. Yes. Um, and so I've had a look out there on YouTube and that, but I'm struggling a little bit. So it was just to sort of if I could give some details and see if anyone out there might have. It's one of those things, it might just be on somebody's, you know, VHS and they've, they've yes. recorded an afternoon's viewing or they've, they've, they've just happened to put together a few and the, yeah. the ones you are after might be out there. Well, I feel sort of slightly guilty and heartbroken in a way because my dad recorded a lot of 15 to 1 in the late 80s and early 90s and when when my dad passed away we just thought oh, do you know what? we can't keep all these vhs's and it's not like we're going to ever transfer them mm. and i did even though at the time i thought oh this is such a shame because there's so much great telly that i'm just getting rid of but you know my my heartbreak is that i might well have had that episode paul and we would oh. not even need to have this conversation but sadly i don't have it now but, but i'm someone, sure someone out there must what? And what's also just slightly more strange is um, I was in the recording of your 15 to 1 session. No way! Yeah, oh, I, um, my. A friend of mine got tickets to two of the Adam Hill ones. The one, I saw one before you, and then we saw your one. Because I, mean, I was a fan because my dad was on it. So I actually was there when you Goodness were robbed, I felt. Me- I, um, well, 
Thank you, thank you, Paul. Yes, I agree. Robbed is very much. Come full circle, almost. If you had then the tape, I would have been afraid that there's something more suspicious going on. Well, I mean, you know, it's 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 already a little bit spooky. That would have made it really spooky. But what would be lovely? I'm not stalking you. Is it? Well, I mean, but then it's almost like I'm stalking you as well. So you know, we're we're stalking each other. But I think there is definitely something magical going on in the universe, Mm. and I think the ideal resolution to this will be that someone will find that tape and then they will have a connection somehow to both of us and then it will be an amazing story well there were 14 other contestants on the show so you know maybe someone else's dad was on there and yeah yeah they've got kept that tape well i'll tell you what we'll get in touch with dave gorman and frank skinner because they were the architects of my downfall (laughs) so i'll you know if either of them have got it then that would be a nice bit of karma oh oh, that would be yeah that would be too weird (laughs) that would be good but um but yeah no but yes on the uh, on the one that your dad was on it some of those other families yeah they must they must have recorded their relatives so i think there's there's a good chance that we're going to do this and i really hope that we do paul so i thought it was about 1991 but my mum mm-hmm. although up at the time is convinced it was 89 and as it's my mum i'm assuming she's more correct than i am um his name was tony stag it would have he was living in cardiff at the time and and if we really and i think he was about position nine or mm-hmm. that side of the room mm-hmm he had a horrible green jumper on, <laughs> and, um, and he got to the final three of that episode, and and one of the other three was also called Tony. Oh. So there was that interesting bit where they'd have to nominate and then say Tony's surname. So um, so I remember that. And then my dad was second, so it was left my dad Tony Stag and Tony Other. So which makes wow. it slightly unique, but that's all I know, which is quite a lot, I suppose. That's great. Well. You know, if someone's looking through their old 15 to 1, so you're looking out for a brace of Tonys and a horrible green jumper, that's it. And it could be 89, 91, possibly, sort of anything in that area. It's worth checking the tapes and looking out for Tony and the horrible green jumper. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, I really, I I hope that that will give someone a lead. I'm keeping everything crossed because that's just going to be such a lovely memento to have. Yeah. You know, it, it must have been just absolutely chuffed to get on there he's, if, if he was a, a quiz fan a keen quizzer yes and, and um, did you well, I, did you inherit the love of quiz from him i think so to an extent i remember i remember watching it live and i would have been if it was 89 i was only been 10 mm-hmm. and so i didn't know what was going on because it's 15 to 1 and too difficult <laughs> but um but i think so i think you know he was an intelligent guy he wasn't like in, you know he, he just had really good general knowledge so it was perfect for that sort of show and did he do any um, other quizzing, or was that so? This is his no, only that's TV it. appearance. That was his only, okay. only time. He, I think he wanted to go on the Krypton Factor and the Crystal Maze, but didn't. I don't think he was fit enough for either of those. Um, so no, I don't think he ever even tried again. Oh really? Well, so this is it's very important that we find this tape. Have you tried Channel Four? Have you been in touch with anyone there? I, I haven't because I didn't. I just didn't know who to talk to. Well, and, I, and I think sort of now because it's all now the new episode, you know, the new series that Sandy Togsmith did. It's all sort of. All the information's about that now. Yes. You know, on yes. my limited Google knowledge. Yes. Um, I have chalked through hours of YouTube, but it's yeah. painful. I mean, it's not painful to watch 15 to 1, obviously, no. but I'm not doing it for that so much. No, so. no. yeah. It's and painful when you don't yet, find the thing you're looking for. Well, I will... I, there are quite a lot of our listeners who work in TV, you know, producers yeah. and, and, you know, the, the, the backroom staff, so they mm. might have a better idea of, of just who to approach yeah, whether at the network or... or 
where some no. of those things are stashed because the, there are archives available. Mm. Um, it's just how far back do they go and who's who's in charge of them these days. Yes. Someone listening to this now will be able to point you in the right direction, I'm sure. Yeah, because someone said that a few years ago that they were repeating like it from the beginning on Challenge or something like that. And I thought then I'll have to try and look out for it. But that, again, that was difficult. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if there's anything there as well. Anyone from Challenge? We definitely I have people who listen from Challenge. And I might have made Absolutely. that up, but I think, I'm sure it was. Yeah, well, we shall do everything that we can. We shall pull all I the stops really out. So, Paul, um, leave that with us. And, um, I mean, and thank you very much for being on the show and for listening to the show as well. And you are, because you are quite a quizzing fan as well, aren't you? What's, what's your favourite quiz of all time, would you say? I don't know, I did, I, I think about it, obviously listening to the show, obviously going for gold is a given, 15 to 1, and <laughs> currently only connect, although I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> no, 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 we all <laughs> love it. The board, I love we'll the love connecting board, I can do that. Yeah. Um, but I did, I said to Amanda, I said, um, I remember um, Turnabout and Catchword really, yeah. really in my mind. Well, Turnabout I had totally forgotten about, Uh but it, it actually ran for quite a long time. It ran for six years, turnabout. Um, yeah, and yeah. um, it was sort of that mix between... I, li- I like word-based ones, I think, better. Mm. Than, my general knowledge is OK, but my vocabulary is much better. Mm-hmm. So I like it when it's... So I really like catchword, because I used to have that... Um, I'm going to really embarrass myself now, but that was about picking the longest letter, and I used to have the longest word in the English language. Or in the dictionary that I I remembered from when I was that age and used to learn it from that program. Oh really? Yeah, I'm not going to say. It. <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, and crosswit and chain letters. Yeah. So I think all the ones I remember are really word based ones. Well, do you know actually? Than, um, yeah, Giles Brandreth and Paul Coyer were the hosts of Catchword, and uh, I'm pretty sure I've I've worked with both of those, and they're both lovely men. So. Uh, yeah, we should try and try and get them on at some point. Yeah, we'll get so a w- wordy I, I special. I just applied to go on Pointless with my mother, so hopefully you never know. Oh, fantastic. Oh, well, we should look out for that. The only ones I watch really currently is Pointless and Only Connect. I think now I'm an adult and I have to go to work. Yeah, it's yeah, It's all yeah. of mine are sort of 90s ones that I remember when I was yeah. like in school. Oh, well, we should look and out then, for you on Pointless, uh, you and your mum. Well, and that would be a lovely tribute to your dad as well, wouldn't it be, to sort yeah, of carry yeah, on the quizzing? kill each other on it. Um, <laughs> Yes, you can fall out with people on Pointless. I know that. <laughs> you know very well. I'm doing anyway. So. <laughs> oh, well, if you are on Pointless, then we will make sure we'll record it and we'll hold on to the recording yes. so that we'll know we've definitely got that one. Uh, and in the meantime, we will definitely be uh, doing everything we can to find yeah. your dad. Any, so. any tips, any leads? Yeah, we, we feel like we're sort of crime stoppers but quiz <laughs> quiz finders <laughs> the quiz finders we're the hotline get in touch it's the same sort of mentality isn't it yes we love a puzzle we love a quiz exactly. and we love we love a challenge so uh, leave it with us paul it was such a pleasure to speak to you and uh, hopefully we'll speak to you soon with a, a very happy update it's time for something i've been looking forward to it is the listener quiz set this week by Beverly Mountain. Beverly Mountain. I can move, move, move Beverly Mountain. <laughs> that 
was nice. for any 90s rave fans out there. <laughs> we, we're all 90s rave fans. Uh, so, Beverly Mountain. Uh, producer Amanda, what does Beverly Mountain want to quiz us on? Well, I think Beverly was so impressed by both of your performances when Stephen Diaper yes. yeah. emailed in a couple of weeks ago with his football quiz. Oh, so his she's, baffling quiz. So <laughs> she... <laughs> So, oh. Beverly's quiz, I think it looks slightly less baffling from my perspective. Is there anything about principalities in it? What's a principality? What's well, a thing? I don't know. Oh, did I we know. settle that, actually? No, Might be- but, uh, principalities can be countries. He was yeah. trying to say that the principalities are different from countries. And they, were, they were all countries. I'm going to work it out anyway. No, yeah. but it's going to become a mystery through the. But at the end of the series, we'll resolve the what that question was all about. Yeah, well, principality experts they can call in. What does Beverly Mountain want to quiz us about? Well, it's a football again. So, love a football quiz, love it. So, uh, I'm just going to crack straight in. And I think, I've just had a little look, and I think, I think I probably won't make such a mess of the questions. Thank you, Beverly. You can try. (laughs) I can do my best. I can do my best. Who was the first footballer to score a goal at Arsenal's new stadium, the Emirates? Buzz. Thierry Henry. No. Oh, it's worth a go. Oh, now I've got to think of any Arsenal football player. It's not necessarily an Arsenal player. It could have been, oh, could uh, have been the other team, else. the opposition. Okay. Buzz. Go on. <laughs> My mind has gone completely blank. I'm going to say... Um, give me an initial... Give me a letter. Give me a letter and I'll think It's not an obvious name. Michael Bum Bum. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, Terry Football. football. I'm going to give you the initials. So, first initial is O, and the second initial is M. Oscar Um, Olimers. Oh, very good. (laughs) Um, No, it's um, (laughs) Otimabusi. What's the first name? Olof. Olof Olof Palmer's the only one. That's (laughs) That's immediately where my brain went. Yeah, no. Olof Marison. Marison. Go on. I think I'm just going to have to say. Yeah, you are. Otherwise, we'll be here for quite a long time, I think. It's Olof Melberg. Never heard of him either. Olof Melberg. I've heard of him, but no, no, it would have been a a long time coming. Again, I think you kind of really have to know about the beautiful game to get this one, but. Beautiful um, game. You know, you might you might get lucky, Lucy. But um, <laughs> question number two: Ouch. Who scored Aston Villa's only goal in their European Cup win in 1982? Oh, Aston Crikey. Villa 1982 would have been. I thought you said this was easier than the other one. Um, it's easier for me to read. I oh, said. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking around the room for inspiration. Jeff Lamp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Sebastian Coathook. (laughs) (laughs) I wish the the first name was Mike, but it's not. Ah, no, it would have been good. Um, Initials, Initials, please. P.W. Pete Uh, Waterman. (laughs) (laughs) Peter Wolf. Peter Williams. Peter Wilson. Peter. (laughs) Peter Withy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nil, nil. It's like an unexciting lower league football game, isn't it? So it's still nil-nil. Nothing's really happened. So I think you both could stand a fighting chance of getting this one. Okay. So um, who is the statue of outside Villa Park? Is this person from uh, from Birmingham? Um, <laughs> this, qui- this quiz writer. Um, Villa, who's a famous Villa player? Um, 
Is it a manager? I, I like, don't know. <laughs> 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 She's so offended that you might even Jeff ask asked him. I have no um, idea. No, it's not. I don't know. It's and I, I don't know who he initials, please. It's WM. William Makepeace Thackeray. William yeah. Morris. William. Is it William? <laughs> it is William. Willie. William. Martin. No. No. It's William McGregor. How did you oh. think we'd know that? I love the way you I go. Really, I really thought that you'd just know because it's more about statues yeah, than it is about football. No, really no, 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 no. Um, was William McGregor a manager? I, I don't know who it is. Okay, right. Really. Do you think Barbara's <laughs> having a little bit of fun with us? Yeah. Um, I mean, at least I've heard of the other two. I'm just Googling Aston Villa now. <laughs> <laughs> I think, right, both of you, both of you are going to get this. Okay. okay, come on. So, what junction of the M6 is nearest to Villa Park? Oh, now this is much oh, more this my is more kind for of you question. because yeah. you travel up and oh, down the country all the time. No, but you know, actually, I really don't know. I don't 19? know the order of the junctions. No, what junction of the M6 is nearest to Villa Park? So it's the junction is oh. junction six what's the name oh, oh spaghetti junction yes oh no. i was trying to think of the number actually junction six was part of the answer i've just realized so oh, okay. gravelly hill interchange the gravelly hill interchange yeah thank you i can have a point now yeah you can they'll thank have you. one each who was the villa manager when they won the european cup um, you may be able to hear some typing. I can hear some typing. <laughs> I can see some typing, Lucy. Uh, Initials, please. TB. Terry Butcher. <laughs> oh, no. sorry, was that an <laughs> That's where my brain went as well. Tony. Yep. Tony Barton. Yes. I knew I would have thought she's just opened up the Wikipedia page for Aston Villa. Is that the the softly spoken assistant manager Tony Barton who replaced whoever the? Oh, I'm looking at the wrong bit of the page. Four four out of five of those were about Villa. Yeah. What Beverly Mountain did was she lured us in. She thought it's a a general quiz. She knew. She'd been listening and she knew that Amanda never reads the quiz before she (laughs) (laughs) she would literally be sending any kind of filth in. Yeah. (laughs) Do bear this in mind, listeners. If you're going to send a quiz in, Amanda never reads them. So (laughs) it will just come. Well, I think she might read the first line and be like, oh, that's fine. And and so you can lure her into a false sense of security and then hit with some really hard pronunciation. Later on. Uh, the reason I don't read them is just because it's often I'm sort of collating them the night before we record. So yeah. I always think, oh, I'll read them on the tube on the way in, and then I forget to do that. You so. do. You work very hard, and we don't. Uh, <laughs> who's the current manager of Aston Villa? Oh, it, uh, Terry yeah. Football. Terry <laughs> Football. <laughs> Weird. Um, it is. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It's changed. Is it changed fairly recently? Uh, I don't know, it's Dean Smith, apparently. I just Googled it. I don't know who Dean Smith Dean Smith. Is. He looks nice enough. He looks like, you know, your dad's mate. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> He's one of them. In fact, I don't know, I my dad's that. got some weird oh mates. Oh, my God, he looks like your dad's mate. He's the same age as me. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry, Dean oh, Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I, I still think I'm 21. Uh, good. Well, thank you very much. Beverly Mountain, you defeated us with your Aston Villa knowledge, and I shall, I for one, shall never forget <laughs> Willie McGregor, William McGregor, and I've already forgotten who they were, to be honest, and then that bloke, Mr. Barton, the softly spoken Mr. Barton. So thank you very much uh, for your listener quiz. Others of you who feel inclined, please send some in.
On the line with us now, we have someone that Jenny knows incredibly well and someone I've been privileged to meet on a couple of occasions. It is the one and only Olivia Vanderwerf. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for talking to us, Olivia. So um, will you explain to us why Jenny and I have encountered you? What is it that you do? Uh, So I I run a company called Beyond Dispute. I'm a lawyer. And together with a small team of other people, we are adjudicators on quiz and game shows. Yes, including the chase. Including the chase, yes. That's the best one, obviously, as we've firmly established. The best quiz on British (laughs) television at the moment. Um, And it's an aspect of the business that I think a lot of people don't know about. Obviously, everyone thinks, oh, well, there must be some kind of adjudication. But I don't think that people realise that there are dedicated professionals such as yourself who do it. And how did you get into this particular line of work? Well, um, entirely by uh, accident, really. Um, I was a lawyer and I was in the right place at the right time when a friend of mine was opening some studios in Bristol where they were going to make a deal or no deal. And she said, you're a lawyer, come and work for us for three weeks, Uh, which was the first time I'd ever really done anything about television. Uh, So I spent three weeks working on series one of Deal or No Deal, and then I worked on that for a few years. And then it developed, because obviously Deal or No Deal was was being the only person who knew where the money was, (gasps) which was fun, but not complicated in the main. Mm. But now it's much more fairness advice, Ofcom compliance, making sure things are fair and that shows are run properly. So it's much more varied now, which is great. So Olivia, you get involved right at the beginning when the format's first being devised, is that right? I do. So ideally, producers um, come to me really early on and we discuss their format and we look at whether or not the format is fundamentally fair. And then there's a whole process where we make sure that the rules work, that the technology is in place to do it fairly. Um, And then going forward, I will be in studio helping resolve issues as they arise. And that can be anything from a buzzer not working to a question being challenged to a host getting the giggles (laughs) (laughs) naming no names (laughs) (laughs) can't imagine who that might be Um, well in fact talking of resolving disputes now um you were there when I appeared on the Celebrity Chase and yes. I have spoken on this podcast before about how exciting it was when Jay Rayner <laughs> challenged <laughs> an answer. There was a the name of a cheese that he took issue with. Cheese related. And yeah. I have to say, Olivia, you stepped in and it was a masterful performance it was seeing a professional at work it was incredible because you were swift you were decisive you made us all feel reassured um and you resolved the issue very very quickly so talk us through your kind of process so we were in the studio um bradley says to jay rayner no you're wrong the answer was whatever and jay rayner said no i stand by my answer my wife it was something his wife was from somewhere or whatever (laughs) and he was like no my cheese fact is correct I mean he wasn't that angry (laughs) I'm I'm over dramatizing it so so what goes through your head when that happens 
Well, um, I I have to confess, I love it when there's a challenge, um, <laughs> and I I love it when things go just a little bit wrong, mm-hmm. and so that I have something to get stuck into. Um, with a challenge like that, I am very lucky, particularly on a show like The Chase. There is a fantastic questions team, um, and as you know, Jenny will know from personal experience. That, I mean, there was a huge team that write the questions and mm-hmm. research the questions. So when an answer is challenged there it's not just me i'd love to say it was all about me but it isn't all about me there is a whole team resolving it and my role is to help them make a conclusive decision when all the facts are there and quite often the questions team will do the research and say no that challenge is fine and then it's my job to deliver the information whether it's accepting it or not because then sometimes obviously you might have a really cross contestant Mm. who needs to be dealt with Mm -hmm. Um, and but on other occasions when there is a discussion to be had then it's for me to help work out exactly what we're going to do Um, and obviously time is of the essence on a celebrity chase show you've got an audience you've got a studio you've got a whole crew of people waiting for it to be resolved so we we try and do it as Mm. fast as possible and my job is to make sure that everyone is comfortable that the right decision has been made and that contestants then agree to be bound by that and we can move on slickly without yeah. drama is the idea yes i mean no drama is very much the aim <laughs> isn't it of, uh, i mean in a way i was like oh god i hope jay rayner really goes off on one but he was very good and then um, we were also talking on another episode of the podcast about how you had to intervene uh, on another episode of the chase where basil brush oh, was involved that was possibly, I mean, that was a career highlight. <laughs> Lovely. Um, Basil, Basil was an absolute joy to work with. Um, and so quite often we have, we have an issue during a recording and it's my job to go onto the floor and to talk to the contestant to, and to explain what we're going to do and what they need to do and what the issue is. Now, obviously, Basil... Basil comes to the studio uh, with a special friend Mm -hmm. and beforehand (laughs) we had a chat about whether if there was a moment like this whether I should talk to Basil um, or to his friend (laughs) and we agreed that talking to Basil was appropriate Uh, about a very rulesy thing yeah Um, and I and you know I was delighted that we had stopped during Basil's time round (laughs) they gave me the opportunity to have a chat with him Uh, Uh, I got a lovely bit of footage of of, uh, of me um, having quite an in-depth briefing moment with Basil and Bradley standing behind <laughs> uh, me, mocking me oh, properly no. about me um, about me briefing Basil. Oh, it can't was a help moment. though, but it just it, you engage directly with those little foxy eyes. Yes, and you, you just make eye contact, and yeah, there's, there's, there is no friend. There is no at that friend moment. in that moment. I tell you what, Olivia, please make that footage available yes. because <laughs> that is something I would love to see. Basil Brush consulting a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can do that. It was uh, it was a lovely moment. I loved working with Basil. Oh, he is great. He's great. Sorry, Jenny. No, no, it's all right. Yeah, she's he's over. A, he's it. a friend of the show. Yeah, she's fine. Now. <laughs> yeah. They've, they've, res- they've buried the hatchet. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> um, and so, what would you do, right? Let's think of famous controversies. You weren't involved in the millionaire coughing major. No, no now, sadly not. What do you think about that? I mean, you know, are you are you keeping an ear out for coughing these days, oh, or looking for other signs of cheating? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean. Our role is a whole range of things. We are making sure that producers stick to the rules. 
we're making sure that they resolve disputes fairly, but we are also making sure that contestants are behaving, that they aren't mm. having eye contact with the wrong people um, and dealing with that as we go. So, for example, I do a show called Child Genius where children are answering questions and their parents are in their eye lines. Mm. And every so often we have an issue where a parent um, might intentionally or not be communicating the answers mm. because the parents are so bound up in that moment yeah. that they can't help mouthing the answers. Oh, God, I mean, in Morse code. you see your child there struggling and Absolutely. you, yeah, it would be very, very tempting, very tempting. Really, really tough, intentionally or not. Mm. So uh, we did have a moment like that where we stopped and I reviewed the footage and you could see, first of all, that the, the mother wasn't doing it intentionally and secondly, that actually at none of the key moments was the child looking at the mother, although they could have been. Mm. And so, and if they had had an advantage from that, then we would have had to have dealt with that. But fortunately, they didn't get any points as a result, so it was okay. Yeah. Um, but yes, I'm, our role is to look out for all those angles to see what could be going on that might mean that the outcome isn't fair. Mm. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it's such an interesting job, isn't it? I love it. I am incredibly lucky. I mean, fundamentally, um, I'm a compliance lawyer, which is just about the most boring job. job <laughs> and yet, I one minute I'm briefing Basil Brush about rules, <laughs> and the next minute I'm laughing till I cry because because Keith Lemon has been ridiculous during the quiz show. I mean, it's, it's great. I'm well, very lucky. Uh, the lesson to our listeners here as well is that next time you're at a party and you say to someone, what do you do? And they say, oh, I'm a compliance lawyer. Don't just glaze over and move on. <laughs> you know, there may be stories to tell there. So, uh, Absolutely. You know. <laughs> Olivia, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And, well, um, thank you. You know, and I, I hope to see you again. But it's one I of those so situations where you sort of go, well, I hope to see you, but I hope not to be on the wrong side of you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. I'm sure that could never happen. I, well, I would <laughs> never cheat. Impossible. I would never cheat. No. So, uh, <laughs> so, yes, thank you. It's been an uh, eye-opening discussion, and I think Lovely. people are well, a lot more informed. Me. So uh, thank you very much, Olivia Vanderberth. Super. Right, another... Very enjoyable, for us at least, episode of Fingers on Buzzers. Enlightening. I've, I feel enlightened. I know more about Aston Villa than I ever wanted to, I'll tell you that much. I didn't um, know I knew so little. I know. It, it, it's been an Hello, eye-opener Bella. to all of us. Uh, and it was such a pleasure to speak to your colleague, Olivia Vanderwerf. Yeah. Uh, and also Paul Stagg and just to reiterate, if you've got any old 15 to 1 on VHS, have a look through. And let's see if we can Call make all calls. the quiz tip hotline. Please do. We're waiting for your call. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, that you. was Fingers on Buzzers. See you next time. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Fingers on Buzzers starred Lucy Porter and Jenny Ryan and was produced by Amanda Redman with music by Kevin McLeod and Justin Edwards. Email quiz at fingersonbuzzers.com and tweet at fingersbuzzers. Thanks for listening and don't forget to join us next time for more Fingers on Buzzers. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.